You're listening to the Max Level Podcast for August 6th, 2018. On today's show, the crew discusses a new Metroidvania-type game in Dead Cells, Xbox Live vs. PlayStation Plus for August, updated PS4 and Nintendo Switch sales numbers, and they dive deeper into BioWare's future as a developer under EA. All this in the usual segments on today's episode of the Max Level Podcast. On with the show. can't remember if I said anything about this on the uh, on the show in the past, but I know I told you personally, uh, I, I thought either one of our cats or one of the dogs had eaten my copy of Breath of yeah. the Wild. Well, there was a mouse down here in the studio again last night. And, and obviously I'm in a basement in, you know, in the Midwest where where mice are generally a problem during the spring, summer and fall months. So um, we've had a decent amount of mice get into the basement and our cats are usually pretty good about catching them. So they, one came in last night and uh, the, the cats were tearing up my studio. So whenever a mouse comes into my studio, I usually shut the door so that it can't get out. That way it gives the cats a, a chance to catch it and the, the mouse won't be able to escape. Um, the, the, what's what's nice about our cats is they never kill the mice. They just the one that catches them in their mouth. And then we have a pitcher and we literally just put the cat's head in the pitcher and <laughs> just like kind of pat him on the back of the head and he drops the mouse. So and that's how we catch the mice. I take it outside. I release it and it's fine. Like, well, I'm not actually killing the mice. Um, you know, we are releasing them back into the wild, the breath of the wild. But uh, no. So we were moving stuff around last night and I we had thought that the cats had chased because I have a carpet laying on top yeah. of another carpet. We had thought that the the mouse had been chased underneath the carpet. So I moved my TV stand. I moved everything away from that corner over there. And uh, we were we were moving the carpet back away from the wall. And lo and behold, there's the cartridge for Breath of the Wild underneath the carpeting. So I don't know how it got under there because that's under the TV stand, any, which is any, any bite marks or anything. Or? No, no, it's perfectly oh. fine. So um, I put it back in its case and I now have it so I can actually get back to the DLC, which I haven't done because I literally lost that cartridge like early, like beginning of this year. And yeah. I, I remember looking behind the TV stand. I looked on the TV stand. Uh, I didn't think there was any feasible way that it would have gotten because the TV stand is solid. Like there's no way something could have got underneath it. But not only that. But it also got underneath the carpet, which the TV stand was sitting on top of. So I have no idea how it got underneath there. That's really weird. But uh, That's like it, David Copperfield shit right there. Yeah, it was it was there, though. It was there. It's like, you know, when he made the Statue of Liberty disappear, he just rotated the little island that everyone was sitting on and it was it wow. was gone. Wow. You just gave away the secret. <laughs> yeah, dude, because it's not hard to know, like. You can't make it disappear. <laughs> Just rotate people to the left and then turn the spotlights off. And it's like the Statue of Liberty has gone. But but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I found my copy of Breath of the Wild. I didn't obviously get a chance to play it this week. I had a lot. I had a, I, well, I didn't have a lot that I played, but I did play um, a couple games a lot. But uh, yeah, I'm happy that I found it. And I definitely want to get back to it here soon. But if you didn't know. This is Max Level, a video game podcast found right here at Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Hey, guys. Special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for our videos. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. Less than, well, no, actually one week away. Next week. Yeah, next week. An album dropping next week. What is that titled? love to death and they're going on tour to promote that album so yeah which i will be at the uh the show in columbus ohio in october 
Um, I, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to go to Brooklyn in October as well. Yeah, they're, they're super cheap. At least they were in, in Columbus. I don't, I don't know how much they are in Brooklyn, but I only paid $15 for the ticket in, in Columbus. Nice. So they were, they were super cheap. Uh, totally worth checking out. They're with Daniel Deluxe, who is another synthwave and retrowave uh, artist. So it, it's going to be a good show. I'm excited for that. Brief bit of housekeeping before we jump into the rest of the show. Max Level and Level Down Games is entirely self-funded as a passion project. If you'd like to see it continue to grow and become something even bigger, consider supporting us through any or all of the affiliate links listed in the description of this podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us. All right, man, let's kick the show off the same way we always do with a recap of what we've been doing or playing over the past seven days. What do you got? Uh, actually, good transition by mentioning Zelda because I played three games. Mm-hmm. One, one of them actually ties into that. I thought you meant because um, like the Triforce. Well, it's a Triforce. I do play three games. Uh, so my first game I played. I played three. First game I played is a DS game. and Original DS? Not, original DS. It was not released here. Oh. Okay, so 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 I had, I had to get it through other means. Only time I ever support that is when you can't get the game here in the States. Okay. okay. Uh, and this is called Freshly Picked Tingle's Rosy Ruby Land. Okay. So Tingle had his own spinoff game. Um, and the basic premise is uh, pretty much like how Wario likes to collect coins. Mm-hmm. Tingle, has, Tingle needs to collect rupees uh, to, to the end of there's a special character called Mr. Uncle Rupee who tells you, uh, tells Tingle, I'm going to take you to this magical rupee land if you uh, collect all these gems for me and help me build this tower. OK, so so, so the, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a dungeon crawler. There's a lot of collect- a lot, lot of collecting and stuff. Really fun. Uh, I'm, su- and I'm surprised it didn't come over here. So I looked up like, why did it not come here to the States? Mm-hmm. Is because Tingle is a bit of a dead character here in the States and people just don't like him. Uh, I can I can see why not. I, see, I see why they don't like it him. It has a lot to playing. do with his look, unfortunately, which I think is crappy. That was the other thing, too. Yeah. Um, he's a bit sexual. Right. Uh, with his gestures and stuff. So right. yeah, they, they, they didn't consider him to be uh, American friendly. Mm-hmm. But it's actually a really fun game. OK. Um, I mean, it, it, it a released, Tingle game it, did get released here, though, did it not? I think it was the Tingle Finder thing. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Like on the Wii U, sounds, I think. I, I do believe you're right. Uh, this really is a fun game. Um, they released it in the, in the UK, so I actually played it in English. I wasn't, I wasn't playing it sure, in English. Sure, 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 sure. Um, it was like, I, I'm, I want to say about 95% of the way through. Mm-hmm. I know I have to fight, face the last boss. I know who the last boss is just by how far I am into the game. Right. Uh, it's weird. This didn't make it. I, you know, they, they definitely missed the mark on this one. Yeah, sure. He's a little suggestive, but come on now. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, but specifically speaking of like playing games from the UK, like I think that's fine to an extent, obviously um, before Xenoblade was released on the Wii here in the US, I never actually thought we were going to get it here. So both Justin and I actually modified our Wii, we, you know, homebrewed them in order to then import the like we didn't download it. We imported the and, and I know it's the same way for you, like you import from the UK and that way you can actually still. Yes, you you have to do modifications to your to your console in order to be able to import because, you know, back then everything, well, not everything, but Nintendo was region locked. So you did have to make it to where you didn't have the to worry about the region lock. But yeah, we yeah. we each imported a copy of Xenoblade in order to play it on the Wii. And then like uh, it was funny, like a year or almost two years later, then they announced that they are going to be bringing it to to the Wii. And I was like, well, crap. Because I haven't been able to update my Wii since. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I ever care and use that thing anymore anyway. So, 
No one does. No. Except except for my nana in in, in the nursing home. Sad dude. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. Nana Pat. Grandma's dead. <laughs> um, it's even worse. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> No, wow. um, the second game I played, yeah, no, that's me. Uh, the second game I played is actually a mobile game. Okay. And I normally wouldn't even talk about a mobile game, but I've actually had a lot of fun playing this. Uh, I play, played a lot of this at work. Mobile games are getting better. They are. It's called Really Bad Chess. And I don't mention before how much I love chess. Mm-hmm. The idea of Really Bad Chess is, well, for one, uh, chess is not chess without each, have, each side having a king. You need to be able to checkmate something. Other than that, all your other pieces are randomized. So you could have six queens. You could have all bishops. You could have <laughs> things all over the place. It's, it's wacky. And okay. there's daily challenges. And it really makes you think because, you know, everyone, you know, if you know how to play chess, you, you have your basic strategy. Well, how are you going to defend against bishops all over the place? Or, or, so, uh, wait I, a second. I, I played, are you playing I, against computer or other people? Either or. You have the option of playing against someone else or you have the option of uh, And then there's levels of difficulty from 1 to 28 of how hard you can play against the computer. I play at 28. I, I'm really good at chess. I'm really, really good at chess. So, and now, I've been winning, too. Whatever you get dealt in terms of pawns, is it the same on the other side or is it random for them, too? Fully random. So you could literally be at a disadvantage based off of uh, based off of RNG, which is I, I hate that. <laughs> it, there's... <laughs> There's the possibility of the two move checkmate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even the one move checkmate, where if you if, if say say a king is flanked by two rooks, yeah, okay, and right in front of him, you know, he, let's say he has a anything, it doesn't matter what he has in front of him. Sure. If you have a queen backed by a queen, you go up, you, you go up, take that piece. His only move is to take you, and he can't do that because he's there, and that's a one move checkmate. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. I haven't seen it yet, but there's an achievement for it, so I know I, I know it can be done. Sure. Luck of the draw. Uh, but I'm really loving it. The daily challenges are more so they actually pick what pieces go where. So like it's it's more of a challenge. Okay. I've cleared a couple of those, but it's still it's hard. Okay. Uh, I lied and said I only played three games. I did play four. Oh, okay. Um, the other game I played, uh, being that it's August, new tournament time. Uh, I've been playing some Mario uh, tennis. Oh yeah, you messaged you messaged me about this the other day, and I uh, I didn't get a, I haven't had a chance to jump into it yet. So uh, the character you unlock for playing the tournament this month is Blooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blooper is a tricky um, player. Wasn't uh, wasn't uh, Koopa troop? Uh, the Koopa was speed. Oh, that's right. He was speedy. Yeah. Uh, Blooper's fun. Um, I've played this tournament like playing it through. Mm-hmm. It seems like everyone's just letting you win. Like they're just letting you unlock the character, mm-hmm. which is fine. But I already unlocked the character. Now I'm trying to actually you know win a tournament. Right. People are just sitting there. Let me just ace on them and. Uh, I'm, it's not fun. Or, uh, or maybe you're just getting lucky. I don't know. With like bad players. Like that me. could be it. Like me. Uh, uh, but, but, but I'm mopping the floor with them. I've actually been bringing my Switch to work. Oh, and okay. playing, actually playing this with other people too. Okay. I'm am, I am getting good. Nice. I actually, uh, but the last game I played, a brand new game. I bought a new game, Brian. About time. Wow. And and I beat it. <laughs> That's sad. Uh, my, Visual aid time. Cool, on my super cool 3DS. I had that one. Well, I, yeah. Have that version? You know, no, 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 it's, it's just a case. Uh, but I, I picked I up. Swear Mario I do. There's one. Oh, there, there is a. Is that an original or a 3ds XL? It's an XL. Okay, there's an original, original small 3ds that has that same, oh, yeah. like the same case. It's not a case though. It's just the the, the actual thing printed Actually. on it. Except it has uh, the gold hillian letters on the border, and I don't think that case does. No, it does. This is a cheap one that I got at the uh, Best Buy. Yeah. Uh, but I picked up Warrior World Gold. Mm-hmm. 
which is a compilation of a lot of uh, the older games. There's, there's a lot of new mini games there as well, but it's a combination of the regular WarioWare, Twist, and Touch. Okay. So the cool thing is uh, there's modes where all, th- all three... Uh, plus, actually, so there's, there's four. There's an actual fourth one where you blow into the machine. Mm-hmm. So there's there's four different things, and sometimes they'll tell you like touch, so that you get ready to do the touch style, uh, mash, get ready to mash style, twist. So when you're doing the, the Wario levels, he doesn't tell you. So you have to like be thinking on top. of it. So you have to keep like the stylus in your hand, gotta have it ready to tilt, have it ready to hit the buttons. Mm-hmm. Super super fun. Um, but like I said, I beat it in about four or five hours. These games are never long. They're never long, but uh, but they're fun. This yeah, is, this is lot, they have a lot of replayability. I'm gonna. Uh, there's still so much for me to unlock here. There's there's actually built-in achievements to this game. Okay. Um and like in and modes and you earn co- you earn coins throughout progression. These coins are used in a capsule machine, very much like uh, Smash Brothers. You get trophies. Okay. And you're unlocking gadgets and stuff, just like every other uh, Wario game. Lots of mini games in there. Mm-hmm. There's there's Mutroid, which is Metroid with a kitty. Nice. Uh, there's a mini golf game that's actually pretty fun. Lots of cool stuff in here. Uh, I recommend it highly. Uh, okay. I'm glad to see this happen, but this is just only whetting my appetite for what they could possibly do on the Switch. Sure. I want a, I want a brand new, fresh, all new mini games. I mean, this one has new mini games in it. There's a lot of the old ones, but there's there's Switch uh, things in here. Uh, there's like there's um, theater rhythm. All, all these new franchises are putting their push modes in there. Okay. So like they're keeping it up to date. Sure. But uh, good stuff. But what, what have you played? Well, I played two games that I talked about last week and one one new game. So Ooh, a new game. Yeah, I, I will kick things. A new game is not even released yet, but uh, I will start off with World of Warcraft again. Uh, quick plug before I get into that, though, I want to do talk about Critical Quest and revisiting the classics from last week. Uh, what was your revisiting the classics last week? I don't even remember. Dr. Robotnik's B&B Machine. Oh, great game. Yeah, so go check that out from last week, that revisiting the classics. And then Critical Quest this past week, I did World of Warcraft. And I will be doing World of Warcraft often for Critical Quest, just because anytime something that I feel like needs to be highlighted uh, or or that I want to share in that, like, a, you know, major story elements or something like that, uh, I, I think Critical Quest makes perfect sense or, or is a perfect outlet to do that. So we had the second week of the War of the Thorns, otherwise known as the Burning of Teldrassil. And this is when the, um, you know, Lady Lady Sylvanas, who is the new war chief of the Horde, she's the the Banshee Queen, the Undead Queen. Um, she is basically just out for blood. And march troops across Ashen Vale through Darkshore, which you had mentioned if you could see them last week when we talked about this. Uh, so through Ashen Vale, through Darkshore. And that's where it, it, it ended the previous week. But this past week, we got to actually see the culmination with them setting fire to the tree. And so you do a couple quests. You're really trying to stop them, but it doesn't work. So she has her, you know, some some people shoot these volleys of fire into into Teldrassil, completely sending it into a ball of flames. And then after that cinematic, which is the same cinematic that you can see on YouTube, it's part of the Warbringers thing that they've been releasing. Um, after that, the the skybox in Darkshore changes. So it's all red with like ash falling around and you can like you can because you could used to always be able to see Teldrassil in the background when you were at Darkshore because, I mean, it was close enough. You could fly to it from there. Um, Now you can't fly there anymore. Obviously, it's it's completely been removed off of the map. 
but you could still see the tree. It's just like a graphic in the background and it's completely on fire, completely engulfed in flames, smoke rising from it. It's really freaking cool looking. Uh, I really like the art direction that they decided to take with this and how they decided to update the whole landscape of not only that, but but Darkshore and changing that too. Um, but the interesting thing is after you finish those quests, that opens up world quests in Darkshore. So which are really beneficial to someone like me who is playing a brand new boosted 110 mage that is just running the gear that you get equipped with when, um, you know, when you boost the character. So these world quests are giving you base level 210 gear. And with with a chance to Warforge or Titanforge up to like 225, but they can also roll bonus sockets, bonus stats, that kind of stuff. So it's basically catch up gear for characters that either missed out on the most recent raid and didn't have some of the more, more recent gear or people like me who are playing a boosted character or an alt, so to speak. So um, I, I've been doing this. And what's fun is that Sean actually resubscribed to Warcraft again, Seanzi. Um Boom doggy. So I don't know where people know him as, but, uh, you know, he he ran through those quests with me. He was actually that was his debut for Critical Quest. You, you could hear him in there when when I when we were playing. But uh, yeah, so he's he's been doing these with me. We've, we've just been working on getting our characters some gear in preparation for um, Battle for Azeroth next week, dude. It's all, I'm probably week. Gonna, all I'm probably going to talk about next week is Battle is Warcraft. So, um, yeah, that's next freaking week. It's crazy. But uh, it's so crazy. I'm going to lose my friend in a week. No, you won't lose me. I still got I still have responsibilities, but I will. That's that's like anytime I'm gaming, it's probably going to be Warcraft for the next couple of weeks just because there's going to be so much for me to do. So that's why I'm trying to get everything that I need to get done in some other games. But um, a lot of a lot of the horde population was very upset by the way that Sylvanas handled the burning of the tree, because literally there was no one in the tree except civilians. Like, you know, all of the all of the leaders, all of like the 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 heads of whatever. No, there was no one there. It was literally just civilians in Darnassus in the tree. So so by burning it, she killed thousands, if not, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, however many in lore wise were actually in Teldrassil and Darnassus, but of innocent civilian life. And, you know, the, the horde is all about honor. Like, you know, they obviously you 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 think horde a lot of people kind of associate them with like the evil faction or the bad faction and they're actually not uh they're morally gray and which is which is what they've um which is what how they've always been described but what sylvanas did was not morally gray it was pure evil and a lot of the horde specifically uh panzer's uh trade chat a girl who's got, gotten famous by making world of warcraft videos did a reaction video and you could just see like the heartbreak in her eyes and like you know just on her face as all this happened because um it it it, it wasn't it was it, it went against everything that the horde basically stood for and if you're an invested player in, in warcraft and you know you're an invested citizen of azeroth and you you know you have these strong faction ties they it just it's crazy that they decided to go that route. And a lot of the Horde population were saying, well, this is it. I'm done with the Horde. I'm faction transferring over to the Alliance like like Blizzard really. Oh, wow. Yeah, Blizzard really. Um, they they pissed a lot of people off by doing this. Now, there are the diehards who I, I, I would assume would be someone like yourself who like, no, screw this. I'm for the Horde. Burn the damn tree. All that kind of stuff. Like if I may interject, yeah. I was cut off by somebody with an Alliance uh, bumper sticker <laughs> just the other day. And I wanted to run them off the road. But I'm not- <laughs> But I, kept, but, 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 I, but I kept it tight. Sure. 
<laughs> sure. Um, but no, it, it's been crazy. And then literally three days later, they released uh, a video for Sour Fang, who is this honorable orc in the horde. Uh, you know, we killed his son in Icecrown Citadel back in Wrath of the Lich King in 2009. So he's but he, he's up there. He's right up there with Thrall in terms of respectable orcs. And uh, they released a video on him and, and, and almost seemed like damage control, so to speak. But this was obviously the next planned video. I mean, these these cinematics were done. This was the next planned one, but it almost seems like it was pushed out a couple days early just to to be damage control. Um, it definitely turned some people around because we could see that, well, Sourfang is clearly against what Sylvanas is doing. And it almost seems like he's either going to challenge her for position of war chief or just literally try to take her out. One of the two. I don't I, don't, I have no idea what's going to happen here. But what's interesting is that next week is this. Well, actually, this week, the, the week this podcast uploads uh, is the last week before the expansion launches. So this should be the week where the Alliance retaliates against the Undercity in the battle for Lordaeron. I'm hoping that's this week. I'm hoping they don't push that off and, and make it somewhere in the actual expansion, because in the beta, it was part of the the pre-patch stuff. So I'm hoping it still is. And that should be this week. So if that's the case, we will be, you know, the Alliance will be retaliating against the Undercity and we'll have another epic quest line to do tomorrow when the servers come back online. So we'll have to see. Um, I played a little bit more. Yeah, I played a little bit more of Octopath Traveler this past week, uh, finished recruiting all eight characters, and I started going out and hitting the job shrines. So now I'm able to slowly getting to where, you know, I can pick and choose which characters I want to use, who I want in my party and, and change their jobs. So that's been really nice to be able to have some, you know, some leeway and freedom in, in order to pick four characters and kind of stick with them. Um, but I am I am swapping in and out because I don't want one care, you know, any set characters to get more of a level than others, just because that will create problems when we get to individual specific chapter twos that everyone has to be a certain level. So, you know, I'm still working on doing that kind of stuff, working on going through some optional dungeons, some side quests. So that way I can get to the appropriate levels that I need to be to continue the chapter twos. I think I'm approaching 20 with my main characters. So I'm getting closer to be able to actually get their chapter two story contents underway. So I'm still plugging away at Octopath Traveler. I'm really hoping to to get further in this 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 week because of obviously the uh, Battle for Azeroth releasing next week. And that'll be my main focus for the most part once that does hit. So I, I know there's no chance that I finish Octopath Traveler this week, but I'd like to at least get quite a bit further into it. So we'll have to see that. That is my goal. But I obviously uh, I, I cannot make any promises. The last game that I played is a game that actually releases this week. Uh, and, and if memory serves correctly, the game is going to launch tomorrow. Uh, it's Dead Cells. So the developer was nice enough to reach out. We actually did receive two codes of this game. So so you have it as well. Uh, I, I gave it to you literally when we started recording, though, so you haven't had a chance to check it out yet. But I'll play it tomorrow. Yeah. Dead Cells is definitely tomorrow is in Sunday. So yesterday, the Dead Cells is definitely a Metroidvania type of a game. Um, you can even at the start of the game, you can go to the settings and choose like how the power ups and like your your food items drop and what they look like. You can literally select Castlevania 
So um, there's there's other options as well. Like if you're a carnivore, you can it looks like meat. If you're an herbivore, you can make it look like plants. Uh, you can make it look like a bunch of different things. Uh, it, it literally doesn't change anything. It's literally uh, there's a setting and options called diet, which allows you to change <laughs> how like the food and stuff looks when you drop. So that way it's a food that you like. So be, being that this is a game that is very much inspired by Castlevania, I literally just chose Castlevania because I thought that would be but would be cool. Um, but what's interesting about Dead Cells is that there are no continues and no checkpoints or anything like that. So you start the game. The maps are procedurally generated every single time you go through. Nothing is ever the same. Enemies are procedurally generated as well. So certain enemies will show up at one point. Certain enemies may not be there at the next point. So like uh, and once you kill an enemy, it is gone in that particular stage. Like it doesn't come back. There's no respawning anything like that until you die. Like when you die, you get sent back to the beginning and then all the other course of the enemies are back. But once you kill an enemy, it is gone for the time being. Um, so you go through, there's multiple different paths, a ton of hidden secrets to find in each area. Uh, definitely swipe at walls like you would in Castlevania because you will find things in the walls just randomly sitting there hidden. Like, I mean, I was just randomly swiping in corners, ducking, hitting things. And I did find some things like, you know, wh whether it's money or power ups or whatever, uh, you will find things hidden in walls just like you did in Castlevania. So definitely do that. But um, there's just so much to do in this game, so many power ups to where you can choose, you know, do you want do I want to level up my red weapons, which are usually your swords or your shields? Do I want to level up my green weapons? Do I want to level up my purple weapons, which are usually like your bows and that kind of stuff? Um, there's grenades you can equip. There's these little things that um, you throw it down and it automatically shoots at enemies. But and, but like it's like a decoy almost so that the enemies will attack it instead of you. But at the same time, the item is shooting projectiles at the enemy. So it's actually helping you. But you have to be standing close to it in order to power it up because you're giving off electricity to the item in order to actually power it up. So if you move too far away, it actually won't shoot and the enemies can just destroy it. And it doesn't matter. So you definitely have to be standing within close proximity so that the actual projectile works. Um, but I don't know. It, it's a fun system. I really like this game. After you go through a certain amount of, you know, rooms or levels or whatever you want to call them, they're all connected. You can see the map. You just pull up the map. It's really easy to tell what's going on. Um, you go to there and there's teleporters. So when you pass a teleporter, you activate them and you can teleport around the current room that you're in. So that way, if you miss something or, you know, you open up your map and like, huh, there looks like there's a path there. You can go teleport to the closest spot. So you don't have to backtrack all the way, which would take a couple minutes. You can just teleport right to it. Um, but, uh, once you go through those stages, you go into like a safe room, so to speak, which would be like, if you were like in Bloodborne, if you were resting, you know, and, and you went into the cemetery or, you know, through Dark Souls, if you're at the bonfire or the church or something like that, um, and then there's safe rooms like that, that you get, that you move into after you go through each stage or area. And that's where you are spending your souls. So this game is very much Castlevania, but it's also very much Dark Souls. So you're collecting souls throughout the game. Um, you get souls randomly by killing enemies. You can and it is random. Not every enemy will give you a soul. So certain enemies will drop souls and it does appear to be randomized. But you can also find chests that have souls in them. You can pay gold to unlock doors that have souls in them. Um, you can break down those doors if you don't want to pay the gold and have a curse placed upon your head to where if any any if any enemy even so much as touches you, you will die. 
unless you kill 25 enemies to remove the curse, which I was not successful in doing. I did break down the door. Uh, I, I got like 20 souls out of the thing. It was really nice. I had like 40 souls on me. Uh, I was in my second stage and I, I literally was playing it so safe. Uh, I was dropping bombs, dropping projectiles, literally trying to make it to where, you know, I was standing so far away from people and eventually an enemy just dropped from above, landed on me because it touched me. I died. Oh, so, that sucks. Yeah. So, but it, like I said, it was literally any enemy touches you, if you until you kill 25 enemies, you're dead. So, um, it, you know, it, it definitely choosing to disobey the gods and break down a door and not pay your tithe or whatever you're they, they will be mad at you and they put a curse on your head and obviously that is the price to pay you know d snyder twisted sister the price they said it best dude it's a price we got to pay and all the games everybody's got a price everybody's got to pay yeah million dollar man uh but no dead cells is a fantastic game i really think you're going to enjoy this um you can invest those souls into certain abilities so that way when you do die um they're more perks but when you do die say you can put money in and you will die i guarantee it but uh you can put stuff into say like okay well when i do die um i can go back and i i I start with three thousand gold because as long as you had three thousand gold when you died you will retain at least three thousand gold and i'll say if you had forty five hundred you will still only have three thousand gold because that's what you unlocked you could unlock the next tier which would be retaining six thousand gold i haven't done that yet but uh that that would at least give it to where you do have more gold Uh, i haven't seen it to where you can retain uh weapons that you had on you or anything like that i do think you are meant to start back with no weapons and no um perks unlocked because the perks are the scrolls that you can find which increase the dps to your weapons and give you more health um there are no save games either literally to save the game you just quit the game back to the main menu and it will auto save so um right now i am in so it's all one solid run it's it's all and that's what they call it they are all one solid run a run should take i think four or five hours and like that that's what a run should take in order from start to finish once you have enough abilities and enough mastery of the game to get through it without dying like a a run should take a couple hours but in actuality they're saying this game is going to take about 20 to 30 hours because you will die so much while learning to play the game starting back over and regaining your stuff so it's one of those types of games where if you are just incredibly good and lucky you could technically beat this game in a couple hours and never die, but it's very unlikely because you do have to invest your souls into abilities in order to um, in order to get better. And I will say dying is beneficial because in, in the first area, there's like these little things on the ground, like this little sludge, so to speak. And you could tickle them with one of the like with the uh, uh, with the, the right bumper on the controller. I'm playing on PC, but you could tickle these things. You don't find out till a majority of the way through your second area when you unlock a chest and you get an ability it's in like a secret room and you have to fight a boss you well you get an ability that when you tickle these things a vine will grow you can't get back to that first area unless you die so oh, there's a whole okay. section of that first area much like castlevania much like metroid when you could you know you could go back to these areas and use items or abilities that you've recently learned to go explore whole new areas well in order to do that in dead cells, you do have to die. So um, dying is definitely beneficial because it will allow you to 
visit other areas. In the second area, there was a, a tower of a tower of locks and you need to find these keys in these, you know, subsequent areas coming up. But in order to unlock the locks, you have to die, get back to that area, unlock the lock. And at the very top, there's like it looks like like a freaking I don't even know what it is. It's either a, a, a really rare weapon or a really rare scroll or something like that. But there's like five or six locks that you have to get through um, in order to do that. And each time you have to come back with the appropriate key. So it's, it's definitely a game that um, you have to go through these areas more than once. It's very much like Moonlighter, which did recently just drop a massive update. They introduced a new dungeon. I really want to get back to that game and play it some more. But uh, I, I think you're really going to have a lot of fun with Dead Cells. I was surprised with how much I actually thought that it was like, I, I'm surprised at how much fun I had with it and how much time I invested in it this past week. I, I literally had just sat down to start working on the review and capturing footage for it. And I and I literally couldn't stop playing like the game is fantastic. So I, I really am excited to to hear you talk about this next week and at least give I, your opinions on it. I definitely plan on playing this uh, yesterday. Yeah, because this is a game that I really think that uh, I really think you're going to get sucked into just because I know how big of a Castlevania fan you are. So, yeah, yeah, definitely have to let me know um, before we record next week what your what your thoughts are on this, because I'm definitely intrigued to hear what you have to say. Hell yeah. But that's all I played. I didn't play a hidden fourth game like you did. So I, I did just do the the uh, the trifecta, the triforce. So speaking, going back to our Zelda references, let's go ahead and move into the weekly scoop news report. We have 12 items on the docket this week and it is the beginning of the month. So we're going to kick things off with big news. We've got PlayStation Plus versus Xbox Live games with gold for the month of August. And as usual, we'll start with Xbox Live games with gold, the free games for this month Uh, on Xbox One available for the entire month. They are giving away Forza Horizon 2, which is a good game. I mean, Forza Horizon, they're great games Uh, from August 16th of Forza in general. From August 16th to September 15th, they're giving away For Honor, which just came out last year. Uh, that's not a yeah, bad pickup. Yeah, that's not a bad pickup. That's that's a that's a good deal. For Honor still retails for 60 bucks, usually, unless it's on sale. So that's a good deal. Uh, it's not my favorite game. It is a it is a multiplayer focused game where it's all about battling as a knight, a samurai or a, a viking. So it's definitely not a it is a game that I played when it first came out. I actually do have a review up on it on leveldowngames.com if you want to go check that out. Uh, I think I gave it somewhere around a six or a six five if I remember correctly. I definitely scored it a lot less than a lot of other critics because I just didn't have as much fun with it. So but that's that's not a bad game. On Xbox 360 from August 1st, August 1st to August 15th, we have Dead Space 2, which is playable on Xbox One. That's a great game. Dead Space 2 is a fantastic game. Absolutely. And then from August 16th to August 31st, Epic Mickey 2, The Power of Two, which I've not played. But I haven't Jessica, played that. I've always wanted to. Jessica has played that and said it was a lot of fun. So all in all, Xbox Games with Gold. That's a fantastic lineup for the month of August. That's a great lineup. So uh, in comparison to PlayStation Plus free games for the month of August 2018 on PS4, you will be getting Dead by Daylight which is a great game. Dead by Daylight's a fantastic game. Anyone that followed our, us over at twitch.tv slash Leveldown Games will know that was one of our main games. Shout out to Mr. Dave, uh, one, two, three. Obviously, we met him through there. But, uh, you know, what my, up, Shandy fam? Yeah, myself, you, Justin and uh, Shanti, Boomdog. Obviously, we, we played a lot of Dead by Daylight there for a little while. You not so much. You did. You didn't play it nearly as much as we did. But uh, it, it's a fantastic game. Dead by Daylight's a great game. So that, that's a that's a great choice. That's a that's a great game for PS4 too. being that uh, we I can't play. I, I think it's I think it's a better PC game. Well, of course, but we can't play uh, Friday the 13th anymore. Why not? 
but it sucks. No oh, one okay. ever plays anymore. <laughs> just, just, Justin actually said it's actually getting really good uh, with a lot of the updates and patches they put in. Um, another game that's available on PlayStation 4 is Mafia 3, which is terrible. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it sucks. Mafia 3, it, it's a decent story riddled with terrible mechanics and, and very janky gameplay. Now, they could have fixed it. Mafia 3... Uh, I can't remember if this is something I, I think I want to say. I can't remember when it released. Uh, I can't remember the year, but I want to say there is absolutely a review up on leveldowngames.com for this game. I guarantee it. The game came out October 2016. I was doing reviews then. I guarantee you there's a review up on leveldowngames.com. Uh, and I did look it up real quick for me while we're talking, but I, I'm guaranteeing you I gave it a bad score. Uh, also on PlayStation 4, if you have access... Well, no, actually, I think this game is... Um, just type in Mafia 3 at the top. Might be III. Or you can just type in Mafia. But um, I think this game is playable outside of PlayStation VR now. But Here They Lie is a bonus game available to PlayStation Plus members August 7th to October 7th. So two months. 6.5. Yeah, okay. So uh, not, not as bad as I was thinking, but uh, it's still just a very average score. Uh, but Here They Lie is the game that made me want to sell my PlayStation VR. Because it's the game that made me the most sick when I was playing it. <laughs> but but that game is free for the next two months if you if you want to pick that up. And then another game that's free for the next three months, August 7th to November 6th, is Knowledge is Power. Which I think is one of those um, games that you can use your phone to play with. Like the PlayLink games is what I think that oh, is. Okay. So you, you're going to get all those on PS4 for this month. On PlayStation 3, you're getting Bound by Flame, which is an action RPG, which is actually kind of fun. I did play that I and beat it. I I actually have that. Do you? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I played that and beat it on PS4 when it when it originally came out. But that is, that is a good game. Um, and Serious Sam 3 BFE on PS3, which is not a bad game. Yeah. But better on the PC, but whatever. Agreed. Agreed. On PlayStation Vita, we have Draw Slasher, which I'm not familiar with. And Space Hulk, which I'm also not familiar with. The the Vita the Vita offerings that they've been given away, I, I mean, they, they've pretty much given away everything good that you could give away on the Vita. So we are definitely getting just a lot more smaller and unknown titles that, I, that I'm usually not too familiar with. Um, in terms of who wins this month, me personally, I'm going Xbox. Just because I, I do think that while Dead by Daylight is a fantastic pickup, and I do recommend if you have PlayStation Plus, you should download that game and play it. I think it's a better PC game and I, I think it's I think it's meant to be played on PC. Mafia 3, I think, is a bad game and I, I, I wouldn't say that that's good and I, I wouldn't say that that's a positive for PlayStation Plus. Um, whereas on on Xbox Live, you're getting a much newer game in For Honor, a great racing game with Forza Horizon 2 and then Dead Space 2, which is fantastic. Um, I don't know, man. I'm going Xbox this month. What about you? neutral swiss i say it's about even okay yeah okay cool uh interesting so we have no definitive winner for this month because we did not agree so you, you usually we agree but uh this month we did not. I, I was i was more playstation leaning but i feel it's, eh, it's right in the middle okay okay so 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 we'll go with a undecided winner this month uh, let's go ahead and move into some game announcements. We have five to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to kick things off with Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment have recently announced a Middle Earth Shadow of War Definitive Edition for PS4, Xbox One and PC. It is going to launch on August 28th in North America and August 31st in Europe for $59.99. The reason that they're doing this definitive edition 
is because they are taking out all of the um, microtransactions from Shadow of War. So I, I think that they realized that that probably was a bad idea. And they are deciding to release a definitive edition, which will include the main game packaged together with all downloadable content, all updates and all improvements. Um, so, you, so you're going to get everything. You're going to get the Slaughter Tribe Nemesis expansion, the Outlaw Tribe Nemesis expansion, the Blade of Galadriel story expansion, the Desolation of Mordor story expansion, as well as uh, it says here that it's going to bring together a multitude of different enhancements and free content updates from a richer campaign experience and streamlined post-game epilogue to new player skins and the complete removal of the market, which again is the microtransactions, in addition to hundreds of other improvements since the release of Middle-Earth Shadow of War. Uh, this is actually a, a, a fantastic move. I, I'm fully in support of this. I, I love when... A developer realizes that microtransactions probably never should have been put in their game in the first place. So I, I, I'm digging this. I really do hope that uh, I, I do hope that um, others follow suit. Others. Exactly. I was trying to think of the right words to say, but I really hope that others follow suit, uh, specifically something like Battlefront 2. So <laughs> but uh, yeah, so definitive edition for Middle Earth coming on August 28th this month. So not bad, not bad, not bad at all. Um. The next game announcement, Digimon Survive, is going to be coming to North America and Europe for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC in 2019, Bandai Namco recently announced. Celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Digimon anime, Digimon Survive presents a brand new adventure set in a mysterious world with characters designed by Yuichi Yukumo and music by the much acclaimed Tomoki Miyoshi. Digimon Survive sees a brand new group of teenagers led by Takuma Momazuka get lost on a school camping trip, finding them transported to a strange new world of monsters and danger. As they fight their way back home through an animated world of difficult decisions and deadly battles, players' choices throughout the game will impact the the evolution of their monster allies and the final ending of the game battles in the game are fought in 2d and a more classic strategy rpg style uh, i did do a reaction video solo to this one up on our on our on our youtube channel if you want to go check that out but the music was fantastic it definitely does have a final fantasy tactics um fire emblem type of battle system to it so it's very grid based very strategy rpg and it, this is the first Digimon that I know of that actually has choices in it, which will affect the ending, but also your ability to survive the game. So it definitely feels like a more heartfelt and a more impactful game. I'm really interested in playing this. I cannot wait to check it out. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. So obviously I'm a big fan of the Digimon games. I'm going to pick this up when it comes out next year. Um, the next game to talk about, publisher Wales Interactive and developer Fishcal Studio have announced side-scrolling action RPG Moonfall Ultimate for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. It will launch on September 4th for PS4, Nintendo Switch, and PC, and the very next day, September 5th, for Xbox One. Werewolf game? Huh? Is it a werewolf game? Uh, I'm not sure. Let's find out. Set in an industrial gothic universe, you'll hack slash and cast your way through a treacherous hand-painted world in solo two-player couch co-op or endless arcade mode. Choose your class and upgrade your gear in Metroidvania-style exploration and a focus on strategic real-time combat. Discover a story of the Empire, a once small kingdom now under threat from so-called savages. They hunt a mysterious element known as Lunarium, which resides in the Empire, and you, a dauntless recruit, must protect the land at the front line. Uh, this is not a werewolf game, it appears. No. <laughs> you are so, a knight. <laughs> you are a knight fighting 
um, very knightly things, mythological creatures that looks like dragons and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it doesn't unless there are wolf type enemies, which I'm guaranteeing you there probably are wolf type enemies in this I game. I just I pulled a video 40 seconds and I saw a wolf. So, OK, yeah. we're good to go. So, so there are there are I'm, just, I was gonna say, I'm definitely assuming that there are wolf like enemies in this game. But is it a werewolf game? No, I would say no. Publisher is Brid Games and developer. Pondstars have announced World of Horror, a cosmic horror retro RPG coming to PS4, Nintendo Switch and PC in 2019. It will be playable at PAX West, which is at the end of the month, uh, August 31st to September 3rd over in Seattle. The old gods are reawakening, clawing their way back into a world that's spiraling into a mysterious madness. In the small seaside town of Japan, the population's sanity is dwindling and otherworldly grotesque creatures terrorize those who call the place home. It's the end of the world, and the only solution is to confront the terror reigning over the apocalypse. Navigate this hellish roguelite reality through turn-based combat and unforgiving choices. Experiment with the events of a playthrough by building a deck of event cards to discover different outcomes for your battles against the darkness. Different decks may even unlock new mystery, uh, new mysteries or clues. World of Horror features branching stories with five playable characters to brave the chaos, each with their own story and a different perspective on the events that unfold. Unravel puzzles and mysteries through spells that sacrifice sanity. Uncover disturbing and shocking clues, Diligently search every nook and cranny, scouring for helpful items that may come in handy in another twisted encounter. Experience the quiet horror of this love letter to the works of Junji Ito and H.P. Lovecraft. World of Horror is free of typical jump scares, relying solely on its unnerving environments and am amorphous terrors to create a gnawing sense of dread. Complemented by haunting chiptunes and a one-bit art style with a variety of available palettes, World of Horror presents a series of frightening and unsettling accounts that linger well after stepping away. Yeah, I looked this up while you're saying that. This is a one-bit, like, Macintosh-style game. Yeah, this game looks great, dude. This game looks fantastic. And, and there's a free demo if you go to uh, the World of Horror website, if you yeah. want to check that out. Yep, yeah, this game w looks great. WOHgame.com. Yeah, this game looks great. Um, I I'm very much intrigued by this. I actually had a feeling you would be intrigued by this as well. Um, it almost kind of reminds me a lot of Eternal Darkness as well, with the whole sanity system. And I'm, you said I'm, the words. You said you said the words "world of horror." And I started looking right away. <laughs> <laughs> I am hoping that they do because they talked a lot about sanity. So I'm hoping that they do like this whole eternal darkness system where the game will start messing with you. Uh, I, I think that'd be really cool. And obviously, you know, Junji Ito, a a very weird artist. So uh, I, I'm very intrigued by that. And obviously, you know, we we always talk about Lovecraft. We're both big fans of Lovecraftian stuff. So I, I think this is a game definitely worth keeping an eye on. I, I myself am going to. Uh, mystery adventure game Tokyo Dark is coming to PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch in winter 2018 as Tokyo Dark Remembrance. Publisher Untis and developers Cherry Mochi and Mebius announced. Uh, this is a game that I actually have on PC. I just never had a chance to play it. Uh, I, I got this when it first came out and never played it yet. Tokyo Dark was released on PC in September 2017, so almost a year ago. Tokyo Dark Remembrance is a complete version of the game that rebuilds the parts of the story that could not be told in the original. So that kind of makes me just want to wait. Uh, Detective Ito's partner is missing, but what starts as a straightforward case soon spirals into a twisted nightmare that causes Ito to confront her past and question her own sanity. Tokyo Dark places the narrative in your hands. Your decisions and actions change Detective Ito's state of mind, opening doors to different possibilities as you attempt to find your partner and understand the dark and horrifying world around you. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I've always been interested in this game. I really wanted to play it, a mystery adventure game. 
kind of like a, a, a kind of like a visual novel, but not really. Uh, but if they're going to add to the story and that kind of stuff, I may just wait and buy it again on Switch or PS4. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, unless they release an update for the PC version, which would be nice, too. We'll have to see. Uh, um, I was saving something for teases and leaks, but while we were talking, it actually just was confirmed. So we're going to go ahead and add that as one official thing. This was literally just a few minutes ago um, because the teaser leak was that uh, something would be shown off on Persona Q2 during a, a cinematic this week. Well, that actually happened today. So Persona Q2, a new cinema labyrinth, will launch for Nintendo 3DS in Japan on November 29th. The game will feature cast members from Persona 3, Persona 4 and Persona 5, including the female protagonist of Persona 3. Because when you play Persona 3, when you get to that, I know you said you were playing Revelations recently. Mm -hmm. uh, when you do get to Persona 3, you can either choose to play as a male or a female uh, as a main protagonist. Uh, so Persona Q2, new cinema labyrinth, will feature both the male and female protagonists from Persona 3. Uh, Atlas is going to debut the first official trailer for Persona Q2 uh, the day this podcast posts. So Monday, August 6th, via the official Persona series Twitter account. So go keep an eye on that. Go check that out. Uh, the August 9th issue of Weekly Famitsu will have a 10 page feature on the game, and it will only be a matter of time before this game gets announced for localization from Atlas USA. Uh, there, there's never been a thing Persona related that did not eventually get announced for localization. So before the end of this year, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we do have confirmation that Persona Q2 is releasing here in North America um, early next year, like 2019, spring 2019, probably uh, these the Persona Q. The Persona Q series is they are dungeon crawlers. So they are very much going back to the, their roots, like the Shimagame or the original Persona games, but they're done in chibi art style. So it, it's actually really, really cool. Um, OK. Let's talk some sales and revenue. We've got three things to talk about in terms of sales and revenue. I always like when we get numbers for consoles. So worldwide total shipments for PlayStation 4 have now reached 82.2 million. Sony announced in its latest financial results that ended on June 30th, 2018. So we've probably already had more sold since then. A total of 3.2 million PS4s were shipped during the first quarter, which is down 0.1 million from the same period last year. Sony has also increased its previous forecast of 16 million PS4s shipped in fiscal year 2018, which runs from April 1st through March 31st, 2019, up to 17 million. So they, they did it. They have increased their fiscal forecast by 1 million, probably fueled by things like Spider-Man and, or, or, and yeah. uh, Tomb Raider, uh, maybe even Dragon Quest. Who knows? But uh, yeah, so PS4 is now sitting at 82.2 million. They are less than 18 million away from the coveted 100 million sold. I do think by the end of 2019, PS4 will be sitting at 100 million. Uh, I, I do think that it will. Oh, yeah, I, I think that by the time the PlayStation 5 releases in 2020, the PS4 will probably be top three in terms of all time sellers in terms of consoles. It, it, it's, it's just going to happen. That's just the trajectory that it's on. Let's move over to the Switch side of things, because the Switch is growing faster than both the PS4 and the Xbox One did when they originally released, specifically the PS4, Xbox One kind of. They had steady growth for like a few months and then literally flatlined. Uh, Nintendo Switch has now sold 19.67 million units to consumers worldwide. As of June 30th, Nintendo announced in its latest earnings report a total of 1.88 million Switch hardware and 17.96 million software were sold during the first quarter. So Sony sold almost double what Nintendo did in terms of consoles the first quarter. But uh, this is a 120.8% increase from the same period the previous year because the Switch was only available for like a few weeks in 2017, the previous year, which is why it's 120.8% increase. <laughs> yeah. um, Nintendo did not alter its 
previous forecast that it will ship 20 million switches like you know how sony raised theirs by a million uh nintendo is sticking firm that they will ship 20 million switches between april 2018 and march 2019 um that's still dude for the first year and two months that is insanely impressive to have already sold 20 million nintendo switches uh it took sony about a almost two years to reach that point until it really started growing. So the Nintendo switch is definitely still on a trajectory to, if, if the sales continue do better than the PS4 by the time it's done. Now I will say sales have kind of stalled on the switch because the software has kind of stalled on the switch. Uh, Nintendo is pretty much in, in control of their own destiny here. If they put up, if they keep releasing games like they were the first year of the switch's life cycle, we clearly see that it results in massive sales. As of right now, the first party lineup has been kind of stale and stagnant on the switch. So we, we are seeing the, the units sold of the Nintendo switch console itself suffer. Uh, but we do have updated numbers in terms of a best sellers for the Nintendo Switch. And I always like to see how things are selling. So, well, you know what? Let's start at the bottom. Let's start at the bottom. Let's start at the bottom. You know, you already ruined it. Maybe I'll cut that out. Let's start at the bottom. Um, sitting at number 11 is Mario Tennis Aces at 1.38 million units sold, which isn't bad because the well, game literally just here. released a month and a half ago. It's not pretty good for a game that released a month and a half ago. 1.38 million. At number 10 is Nintendo Labo as a whole at 1.39 million units sold, which is actually fantastic for, 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 uh, for that concept. At number nine, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze sitting at 1.4 million units sold. At number eight is Xenoblade Chronicles 2 sitting at 1.42 million units sold. At number seven is Kirby Star Allies, sitting at 1.89 million units sold. At number six is Arms, sitting at 2.01 million units sold. At number five is 1-2 Switch, sitting at 2.45 million units sold. <laughs> at number four is Splatoon 2, sitting at 6.76 million units sold. At number three is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, sitting at 9.32 million units sold. At number two is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, sitting at 10.35 million units sold. And at number one is Super Mario Odyssey, sitting at 11.17 million units sold. So that is your first party sales in terms of Nintendo games through June 2018. Not bad, dude. Some pretty solid sales there. I, I have to imagine that Nintendo are, are pleased with a lot of numbers there. Specifically, Mario, Zelda, Splatoon, 1-2 Switch, ARMS, Xenoblade. I have to assume that they are very impressed by those numbers. So, It's still crazy. All those games' numbers combined don't add up to what an opening weekend of, like, Madden will do. No, no, definitely not. Un unbelievable. <laughs> definitely unbelievable. not. And they're better games all around. Most of uh, those, of course. Most not, of those games. Even, actually, all of those games. Well, no, 1-2 Switch, probably not better than Madden. But a majority of those games are better than Madden. I'd even argue that arms is probably more fun than Madden for someone like me. But uh, we have one more thing to talk about in terms of sales and, and revenue, because Square Enix announced that total worldwide worldwide shipments and digital sales for Octopath Traveler are now past one million units, which is crazy. The game just came out three weeks ago. The game has wow. already sold over a million units on Switch alone. Uh, obviously, that was that was not in Nintendo's earning report because that ended on June 30th, 2018. So the next time we get this, I wouldn't be surprised if Octopath Traveler is over two million sold by the time the uh, the next quarter results come out. Octopath Traveler is doing very, very well. The game's fantastic. 
Uh, we're going to skip over DLC related news. We're going to skip over teases and leaks because I added it into the game announcements earlier. And we're going to skip over delays. We're going straight to random news. Dude, there's been a delay in over a month. And uh, I like it. Yeah, no, <laughs> no delays don't usually happen around this time of year. But we got two things to talk about in terms of random news. The first one deals with Spyro Reignited Trilogy because it is going to require a content download to play both Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage and Spyro Year of the Dragon. The original Spyro the Dragon will be playable without a content download if you if your PS4 or Xbox One is not connected to the Internet. Uh, if if you aren't connected to the Internet, you will not be able to play Spyro 2 or Spyro 3 until you can connect to the Internet and download a content update so the only one that is playable on disc out of the box is the first spiral game the rest are downloaded what is what it seems like um which i mean it sucks but that's pretty much par for the course anymore in terms of modern gaming it really is yeah it sucks that you know you you're buying a disc to put in your ps4 to initiate an update <laughs> it's pretty much all that disc is for is to tell your ps4 to, to start downloading the update or your xbox mm. one uh, our, our last bit of random news is a release date, as we always close out with publisher Activision and developer Bungie have announced that Destiny 2 Forsaken, the legendary collection, which includes access to all of Destiny 2's premium content and its updates, will launch for PS4, Xbox One and PC on September 4th. And just like always, the PC version will be available exclusively through Battle.net and Blizzard. Uh, so, yeah, this is pretty much um, Destiny Forsaken Leg Legendary Collection is Destiny 2, Destiny 2 Expansion 1 Curse of Osiris, Destiny 2 Expansion 2 Warmind, and Destiny 2 Forsaken, the largest and most transformative expansion to the Destiny 2 experience yet. I'm sure all 12 people who are still playing are really excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they are. Um, I'm also guaranteeing that there will be another collection next year after... The next set of expansion content, because because just like always, uh, which is when I waited to buy the original Destiny is when after everything was announced, I bought the ultimate collection, which included everything. So I'm, I'm assuming that that will happen eventually for Destiny 2 as well. I will not buy that, though, because I'm not going back to Destiny anymore. But yeah, Destiny 2 Forsaken Legendary Collection launches September 4th, PS4, Xbox One and PC. But as always, that's September 4th. Let's take a look. That's what's releasing now. And the new releases for the week of August 6th. We're going to kick things off with tomorrow, Tuesday, August 7th, coming to PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4 and Xbox One. It's a game I talked about extensively a few minutes ago. It's Dead Cells. Dead Cells puts you in control of a failed alchemic experiment trying to figure out what's happening on a sprawling, ever changing and seemingly cursed island. Tough but fair combat, responsive controls, challenging foes, a permadeath and of course, the emergency panic roll to get you out of trouble. Make for a dip, which is fun and you can actually I forgot to mention, you can use that roll to get through certain walls as well. So you definitely want to roll into walls because some walls are pass throughable, but only if you roll. <laughs> um, make for a demanding, visceral and cathartic action game. Experience a roguevania mixing an interconnected world of branching paths and unlockable skills with the constant adrenaline pumping threat of permadeath. No checkpoints. You either vanquish the final boss in one go or you try again. However, you keep some of your progress for successive runs, new paths you've unlocked, access to new levels, mutations, abilities and weapons. Speaking of weapons, Dead Cells features a plethora of ways to slay your enemies, a large variety of swords, bows and of course spells, but also whips, grenades and turrets, which is what I was talking about. You put on the ground and it auto shoots projectiles. I didn't realize that was a turret. Doesn't look like one. <laughs> Each one with its own unique twist. Plus, mutations and scrolls allow you to build and customize your character differently with each and every run. At the end of the day, though, it's your skills as a player that matter most. Roguelites are about, are about constantly sharpening your skills until what was an insurmountable obstacle becomes a walk in the park. Patience, you will get better eventually. 
Also coming tomorrow, Tuesday, August 7th, to PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One, a game I'm also extremely excited for. Flipping Death. When Penny dies under mysterious circumstances, she wakes up and finds herself filling in for Death himself. This temp job comes with a new power, the ability to flip between the worlds of the living and the dead. In this puzzling platformer, she'll need that and her wits if she ever hopes to unravel the mystery of her demise. I know you remember this one. Leap between platforms, solve puzzles, and help the dead rest in peace by possessing the living and making them dance around at at your merriest whim merest whim not merest at your merest whim in this comedy adventure game by zoink games yeah this is a this is this i've been excited for this one for a while uh we saw it a lot on game oracles when we used to do that show so the, the, the name escaped me but yes 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 i want this yep i want this too uh also coming tomorrow tuesday august 7th a game that should have a review up by the well i don't know if it's by the time this podcast posts but it will be launching tomorrow because we do already have access to this game jessica and i have already dived into it coming to pc nintendo switch ps4 and xbox one overcooked 2. buddy up or go it alone as you cook up a storm chopping steaming and frying your way through dynamic and outright crazy levels now with online multiplayer for up to four chefs there is no such thing as too many cooks and the stakes have never been higher as you prepare to save the onion kingdom again too many cooks too many cooks oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we we got access from team 17 to overcook 2 last week uh jessica and i have already been playing this in preparation for the review and some videos we're gonna make on it it's it's crazy hectic frustrating just like the first game but it's a lot of fun we're gonna skip over wednesday august 8th move on to thursday august 9th we have a couple more games coming out coming to nintendo switch is a game called minute M-I-N-I-T. Minute is a peculiar little adventure player adventure played 60 seconds at a time, which is why it's called Minute. Journey outside the comfort of your home to help unusual folk uncover countless secrets and overcome dangerous foes, all in hopes of lifting a rather unfortunate curse that ends each day after just one minute. This is another game we saw in Game Oracles in the yes, past. Yes, we did. <laughs> yep, I, had, I knew you'd remember this one, too. Yep. Um, looks fun. It does look fun. Yeah. This, this is a solid week for fun looking games. Uh, Also coming Thursday, August 9th, it's the PC release for Monster Hunter World. Welcome to a new world. Take on the role of a hunter and slay ferocious monsters in a living, breathing ecosystem where you can use the landscape and its diverse inhabitants to get the upper hand. Hunt alone or in co-op with up to three other players and use materials collected from fallen foes to craft new gear and take on even bigger, badder beasts. Uh, I played this, have it on PS4. I'm not going to play it on PC. But if you don't have it and you've been waiting for the PC port, pick it up. It's a good game. Uh, also coming Thursday, August 9th, another port. This time it's for Nintendo Switch. It's the Okami HD version uh, for the Nintendo Switch. So Okami HD is going to Nintendo Switch. Yeah, great Switch game. Great game. Experience this acclaimed masterpiece with its renowned Sumiki Ink art style in breathtaking high resolution. Take the role of Amaterasu uh, as how I think you say that, right? Amaterasu. Something like that. The Japanese sun goddess who inhabits the form of a legendary white wolf, Shiranu. Use magical abilities, attacks, and celestial brush techniques to restore the land of Nippon to its previous glory full of life and color. Not only can you play in both widescreen and the original 4.3 or 4x3 aspect ratio, you can now use the Joy-Con in TV mode and tablet mode or touchscreen in portable mode for intuitive direct celestial brush controls. So you can actually be in control of the brush using the Joy-Con or the touchscreen on the Switch. No. Why not? No. I'd rather play the game the right way. I think using the touchscreen would be actually kind of intuitive. I think that's kind of fun. I don't know. I mean, that'd be interesting. So I'm not picking it up on the Switch because I mean, I would already play this on PS4, but 
if you haven't played this yet, I definitely think this is a good Switch game. You should definitely pick it up. First time I think it's been on a Nintendo platform. And yeah. especially because you can actually use the Joy-Cons if you like motion or touchscreen if you want to actually use your, you know, make it seem like you're actually using the paintbrush, which again, I think is a very cool idea. We move on to Friday, August 10th. We have two more games coming out, coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One, Madden NFL 19. Madden NFL 19 gives you game-changing control on and off the field. Real player motion transforms the way you play Madden, delivering you gameplay control with precision and intent. Create and share custom draft classes, design your game strategy, progress your players, and execute your game plan with all new positional archetypes and franchise mode. In Madden NFL 19 Ultimate Team, train your favorite players to fit your roster and lead your team to glory in all new ways to compete. I usually pick up the Madden games every year, I will pick up this one, but I usually buy them on Black Friday, and that's when so I'm going to buy this one. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I will buy Madden NFL 19 on Black Friday later this year um, because I 20 bucks. You, well, yeah, exactly. But I, I usually there's a few games that I wait every single year to buy on Black Friday. This is usually one of the franchises and games that I wait for. Uh, the last game to talk about this week, releasing on Friday, August 10th for PC, PS4 and Xbox One. We Happy Few. We Happy Few is the tale of a plucky bunch of moderately terrible people trying to escape from a lifetime of cheerful denial in the city of Wellington Wells. In this alternative 1960s England, conformity is key. You'll have to fight or blend in with the drug-addled inhabitants, most of whom don't take kindly to people who won't abide by their not-so-normal rules. Discover their retro-futuristic city's dark history as you play through the intertwined narratives of three quietly rebellious citizens of Wellington Wells, each with their own strengths and weaknesses as they face their pasts, present, uh, I'm sorry, as they face their pasts, prepare for the future, and engage in activities that aren't exactly status quo in the artificially enthused society. This is not a bad week, dude. A lot of good things releasing this week. Um, yeah. pick, pick of the week is actually a lot harder than it was originally going to be. What are you going to go with this week? Might be that guy. Madden. Okay. Okay. You're going to go weird. You're going to go with Madden. I, I know, but you know what? I, I I always enjoy these Madden games. There hasn't been a bad one in recent memory. Okay. All right. So your pick of the week is Madden NFL 19, which is surprising. Um, my pick this week is Dead Cells. Dead Cells is only fantastic. Cause I, only because I haven't played it yet. Sure. Um, but Dead Cells is fan freaking fantastic. I, I'm really enjoying my experience with this, and I am going to keep playing this for a while. Like, I'm, as soon as we're done, well, I have a lot of stuff to do today after we're done recording, but tomorrow, um, tomorrow, as in yesterday, Sunday, when you're listening to this, I, I'm going to put a lot more time into Dead Cells in preparation for the review. So... I'm really enjoying this. I'm capturing a lot of footage and I can't wait till I can actually make it through the entire thing without dying. You know, that that will obviously be a thing, obviously, because you you will eventually be able to get there. But it's just really cool being able to go back and see these things time and time again. So it's kind of fun. But yeah, pick of the week this week from Frank is Madden NFL 19. For me, you have dead cells. Let's go ahead and transition to something that I, I've been wanting to talk about. But there's now some things that have recently released that I do think kind of can dictate and lead a, a, a conversation and a dialogue on this, so to speak. I want to talk more about Bioware and more specifically what they're currently doing, what we could potentially be seeing from Bioware and, and, and if they are still in trouble or not after Mass Effect Andromeda, after really not showing anything, after a lot of, you know, hesitation on Anthem and just the fact that we know EA likes to kill studios that are that are not doing well. So. You know, Bi Bioware is one of my favorite studios in terms of game development. I really enjoy what they do. I'm a huge fan of the Dragon Age franchise. I'm a huge fan of Mass Effect up until Andromeda. 
Um, you know, there's just Bi- Bioware, obviously Knights of the Republic, two amazing games. They made a great oh. they made a great MMO in the Old Republic. They, they've done some fantastic things. So there's a few there's two news stories I pulled up from GameSpot.com that are going to fuel this discussion. So I'm going to read through these. We're going to get an idea of what they're currently doing. And then we're going to spiral off from that and talk a little bit about Bioware and, and what we can expect. So the first thing I want to talk about is how they they have recently explained how Anthem's single player experience is going to work. So back at E3, we had a in-depth look at Anthem, but we didn't really get an idea of too much on how the single player was was going to actually be done. So in a update on their official Bioware blog, uh, the general manager, Casey Hudson, touched on a number of different topics in the post. First of all, thanking the community for their support and teasing secret projects, which we're going to get to here in a few minutes. But obviously, one of the biggest questions that the studio has received since formally unveiling the title at E3 this past year is how players will have the agency to shape their own story when sharing the same world with others. Kind of a lot of a lot of the same concerns and fears that people have with Fallout 76. So the as it revealed at E3, Bioware's solution to that dilemma is dubbed Our World, My Story, which has players come together in a dynamic shared world to complete missions and return to a hub area to continue their individual story. Uh, As Hudson explains, quote unquote, in the dynamic open world, everything is experienced in real time by all Anthem players, day, night, weather and world scale events that shape the ongoing narrative of the setting. This is our world, which we share as a player community. Then when you return to Fort Tarsus, that's actually a single player experience. And it's where you spend time developing relationships, making choices and seeing consequences. That's the my story part. Hudson says Bioware will share more more details about Anthem's Our World My Story approach and other information about the game during a panel they are holding at PAX West later this month. Um, So it's kind of interesting. Then, which is it's similar to what we heard at E3 because they, they kind of talked about yeah, the hub world being a that. single player experience. But now we fully know that Fort Tarsus. So so think the Citadel of Destiny kind of a thing Like you know, instead of that being where someone like where everyone goes and congregates and you could see everyone when you go back to the main hub city, it's just you and a bunch of NPCs. But while you're there in that hub city, you can actually talk to these NPCs, develop relationships with these NPCs, make choices that I'm assuming are going to affect certain things, whether that's solely just in your city or out in the world. I have no idea. Probably just your your hub, since that's the thing that you only have control over. But I think it'd be really cool if you actually had a choice to, you know, make changes in your personal hub world. So your choices affect your hub so that my hub isn't the same as your hub. And, you know, there's there's differences there. So I think that would be really, really neat. Uh, And especially if you can, you know, get individual unique side quests that you could do out in the world solo while still working on the main story quest with other people when you're actually outside of the hub and seeing the multiplayer shared world experience. That's actually a really cool idea. And I do like that. So uh, that 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 definitely has me a little bit more excited for Anthem, which, again, is releasing on the dreaded February 22nd release date. Has yet not nothing. Nothing's (laughs) budged from that date yet, but I don't think anything will till we get much closer. They're playing chicken. You can tell. Oh, yeah. No, nothing's going to budge till probably after the after the uh, after the new year. Uh, I, I guarantee you one, if not two things will move off of that date, though, by then uh, shortly after the shortly after we hit into 2019. Um, but on the same turn, I, and I did mention this here a little bit uh, a couple minutes ago, the secret projects. These were also teased in that same blog update. Uh, he hinted that plans are in place for more Star Wars, the Old Republic content. So which is their MMO. 
But he said that uh, he said we hear loud and clear the interest in Bioware doing more Dragon Age and Mass Effect games. So rest assured that we have some teams hidden away working on some secret stuff that I think you will really like. We're just not ready to talk about any of it for a while. So this is something that I mentioned to you off air, but it seems to me that Bioware and specifically Casey Hudson, who just recently returned, like I don't fault him for the mistakes that Mass Effect Andromeda made. Casey Hudson was the original, like original guy behind the original trilogy of Mass Effect. You know, the games that were good. He left Bioware for a while. And that's when Mass Effect Andromeda was done. He recently came back. So I I don't fault him for the mistakes that Andromeda made and for how bad of a game that turned out being. And I think he knows that Mass Effect Andromeda made a lot of mistakes. So I I really I really feel like Dragon Age may have been going down that same path because we do know that there was a Dragon Age game in development and there obviously still is a Dragon Age game in in development. But uh, I, I think that Dragon Age may have been going down the same path that Mass Effect was. And when he came back, He's kind of refocused it a little bit, maybe scrapped a lot of what they were they were doing with the next Dragon Age, Dragon Age four to to make it more of a game that is going to fall in line with the traditional Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age Inquisition, Dragon Age two to an extent. Dragon Age two was not the best, but Origins and Inquisition are really good. Um more more in line with those games. So I, I'm definitely I, I think we're not gonna hear anything on Dragon Age or Mass Effect for a while. Uh, obviously, Anthem is the main focus for Bioware right now. It's the only game they're going to be talking about till it releases. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's the only game that they talk about for the first year after it releases, because, you know, there will be content updates. There will be story updates. There will be DLC updates for Anthem throughout the first year after release, much like you always get for these types of Shield World games. So E3 2019, I, I'm calling it right now. I don't think we see either what's next for Dragon Age or Mass Effect. I, I think it's too early. Um so do you, but do you think that if, if anthem doesn't land everything is done potentially potentially i do and that's, that's, just, that's, that's that, a scary part of this you know? yeah that, that's kind of why i wanted to talk about this a little bit because now we know more about what anthem could potentially be uh so i wanted to talk more about you know bioware's future i guess so to speak with uh, you know do i think they have a future are they going to remain with ea are they going to get shuttered are you know something drastic going to change with them uh and and i think that still is a possibility i do so yeah if if anthem doesn't you know perform to not only bioware's expectations but more specifically ea's expectations um they, they could be in some serious trouble which is why they they have small teams tucked away working on secret projects with Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Nothing is in full production yet for either one of these two franchises, whether it's Mass Effect or Dragon Age, because they know that their future is probably uncertain. So they have to really wait and see how Anthem does. And if Anthem flops or it doesn't do well or is critically received bad or, you know, whatever the case may be, could be the end of of Bioware in general. So it's crazy to think about, but I, I think a lot is riding on Anthem, and I think they have to get a lot right here. The fact that Casey Hudson is back, and he, he did make some great games in terms of, you know, the original Mass Effect trilogy, I do have high hopes, ever since he came back, that if there were things within Anthem that, you know, he didn't like or didn't agree with or whatever, that he's had enough time to make changes to that. So I do think that there there is hope. There's definitely hope here. Um, the fact that they're talking about the, the this game, because ha- a lot of people, obviously, for Bioware games, which usually have epic stories, great gameplay besides Andromeda, um, you know, a lot of people wanted a single player game. So I'm glad that they are talking about the single player, that there is a single player experience here for those that do want it. Um, 
if, if you want to view Anthem as a single player game, I don't think there's any reason that you shouldn't. So like, you know, if you, if you want to think of it as you're just going out there and working with like, you know, a, a crew member, like, you know, you're out there with your crew in Mass Effect and, you know, yeah. you, you just your crew just happens to be other people that are playing the game. So I, I do think that you, you could technically view this game as a as a hybrid single player experience, which is definitely what they're trying to go for here, where when you're back in your town, you're you're in control of your own destiny, you're controlling your side quests, you're controlling your, your relationships. And when you're out there, you're doing these world quests, you're doing these main story missions. You just happen to be working with a crew. Like I said, if you want to think of it as a crew and not an MMO and not working with other people, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's the same thing as Destiny, man. Yeah, it's a thousand percent the same thing as Destiny. So you just randomly seeing people out in the world, which isn't it's terrible. It's, it's I liked it and I hated it all at the same time. See, I, li- I, I liked being able to go out and do my own thing. I really did. But I don't want people killing the enemies for me. Or, or or drawing things near because they're on their own little personal side mission. Sure. I want to play. I want to play the game my way. Sure. Uh, so that, that, that sucked a little bit, but I also didn't like being brought into groups for certain missions. Okay. Because I don't want. I don't want to have to. Re- not that I don't want to rely on someone. I'm. I'm a, I am a team player. Uh, but like I said, I, I want to take things at my own pace. Okay. See, I don't have an issue with um, I don't have an issue with like getting auto- automatically paired up with people in order to take on like missions, that kind of stuff, because there are going to be certain missions that are designed to not be able to be done with one person. Exactly. And I'm cool with that. OK. OK. Yeah, because like obviously there's going to be some enemies or some bosses that literally if you did it by yourself, you'd never win. Yeah, but like, like when we play a game, you know, I, I'm the kind of guy I like to check every corner of a room. I want to make sure I get all the items sure. and explore. Whereas someone else, their goal is I want to just pound this out real quick. I don't want to get paired up with this person. Right. I don't want this. Per- I don't want this person ruining my experience whatsoever. So I, that's, that's the part I don't like about the, the whole big, the whole pairing system. Right. If they find a way to fix that. That'd be cool. Well, I think the way to fix that would be just to not worry about who you're paired up with. Like if you if you because they, they can't drag you. You know what I mean? Like if they're. I don't want their progression to be my progression. If they go ahead and they run out, and they, 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 they go straight yeah. to the boss. I, I guess you know? I guess I guess that would make but, it to where. But see, at the same time, if it's a boss that you couldn't kill without other people, you do have to technically rely on it. But but I, I, I doubt It'd be really cool if they, there was, but I doubt there's going to be a way to like select like what type of player are you? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, a, like a slider, like, do you do this when you're playing? Do you do this or do you do that? And kind of pair you up with people that have similar mindsets, but it's all it's all a trade off. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> don't, get me, don't get me wrong. I'm getting Anthem. That's no, I, I'm, I'm definitely getting Anthem, too. I, 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 I am excited for it after everything that we've seen on it and everything that we've been hearing on it. I do think that there is something to be excited for with Anthem. I, I keep saying this. I think there is something there to be excited for. Uh, more specifically, obviously, I, I'm really I'm really hopeful that Casey Hudson's return to Bioware is good news for Bioware in general. Like I want them to be successful. I want them to succeed. I want Please, them to I do want, well. I, I, I wanted to do really well. I want another Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah, I would love them. Did, did you play Andromeda or did you just permanently skip it? I just skipped, skipped it. it. I, okay. I, I, not to say I can't pick it up along the way, but uh Uh I, I think it's I think it's worth picking up at a at a heavily discounted price at some point in the future just so you could check it out. But uh yeah there there there's there's something obviously it, it's worth experiencing but it's not a good game so but but i mean it is worth experiencing just 
to, to see the continuation of some of the things that we did in the original trilogy, like, you know, some of the some of the not not necessarily the choices because the choices didn't matter. Um, but uh, some of the lore continues through, obviously. So, you know, the, the the people that you're playing as left Earth during Mass Effect 2 and there's callbacks to that. And they have no idea what happened at the end of Mass Effect 3. So, <laughs> so there, I mean, like you're, you're, you're playing through this game and you have no idea what's actually happening back at Earth and, and not knowing the ultimate fate of Earth. So it, it's actually kind of intriguing and sad at the same time, I guess. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I want another Mass Effect. I definitely want another Dragon Age. It's time for Dragon Age. Like it's Dragon Age's turn before Mass Effect. So whatever comes first, it will be Dragon Age. So, you know, they 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 alternate. So Dragon Age will be next regardless. But uh, it, it is their turn. It is their time to shine with Dragon Age once again. But they definitely have to get it right. Uh, if Anthem succeeds, they have to get it right. Um, if Anthem doesn't succeed, then we then we're probably talking about this and speculating for nothing, because I, I do yeah. think that they could be shuttered or reduced to a shell of a company specifically working on what EA tells them to work on or just focusing on the older public or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, like they, 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 I think they will be a shell of a company if, if Anthem doesn't succeed, if not shuttered completely. So I, I am scared for, for Bioware, but I am hopeful for Anthem at the same time, just because like I said, I do think there's enough to be excited there. And obviously we're going to find out more in a couple of weeks because they did say they would be sharing more details on the single player campaign and the single player mechanics so to speak or the single player gameplay elements found with an anthem at pax west which starts on august 31st and runs through september 3rd pax west is in seattle i really want to go one year but uh i wanted to go this year i just can't afford it um just do it I can't who, needs, it. who needs who needs to pay bills well us. I, I yeah but still um I, I I am curious to learn more, though, so we'll we'll obviously report on that panel after they have it and we'll talk about it because that's going to really give us a much better idea on on the way the single player is going to be for Anthem. So I'm excited for that. I am. But it's time, dude. Time for a little. Oh, yeah. Kick. Kick. Yeah. And, and we got a uh, we got an interesting one here. Very small goal. Another game that does have a demo. It's another RPG with the twist of exploring a nightmarish and funky universe. Ooh, I like Nightmare and Funk. Yeah, so this is a game that after you see it, I think is going to be something that you are going to be extremely excited for because of what it personally reminds me of. The game is titled Orogenesis, O-R-O-G-E-N-E-S-I-S. Orogenesis, a neo-funk RPG. They were looking for $2,000 only. They are currently sitting at $2,729. So it is funded at 130 backers with 11 days to go. Again, there is a demo and it contains roughly one sixth of the base game. The demo contains two dungeons, several boss fights and tons of things to explore. It's currently available on uh, Itch.io. Uh, a mountain uproots from the ground and with it rains four powerful orbs from the sky. The world itself twists and malforms with the birth of this mountain, and within the dreams of all of its denizens lies a dark cosmic horror. The mystery of the mountain awaits for you to unlock with the help of your friends. But what horrible villains await to stop your adventure? Find out in Orogenesis. You are dude, and it is now your fate to gather the four Genesis orbs and unlock the secrets of the mountain. Along with your friends, Pipe and T, the three of you will conquer the troubling terrain of the world and snuff out whatever evil lays festering in the dirt beneath you. 
Orogenesis is a game about exploration. Explore a massive tiled map similar to classic games like The Legend of Zelda. With fun turn-based combat accompanied by awesome and satisfying animations, you will explore the world completing its many dungeons and filthy side quests. It does have a retro art style overworld with gorgeous pixel art that invokes the games of old, grotesque and abstract battles, so when fighting enemies, you will witness horrible demons and cute little bastards that will send a chill down your spine. A huge world to freely explore, which is an 8x8 world map full of unique and lovely sights to see. And a quirky cast of weirdos meet several dozen weirdos and help them out. Get to know them, interact with them, chill with them. Do whatever makes you happy, my dude. <laughs> um, there are three stretch goals that they did announce. The first one we already hit, which was at 2500, the Ninfungus game system. The next one is at 2750, which we are just $20 away from. You will get advanced player housing and at $3,000, you will get three free DLC packs released for this game. Um, what do you think? What are you thinking on this? This looks pretty good. Yeah, this looks interesting. This looks cool. Uh, the, like I said, it's it definitely it has that grotesque art style, uh, very reminiscent of I, I want to say like Clay Fighter to where you have these weird character models and, you know, I think like the the, the fat Santa and in, in Clay and in Clay yeah. Fighter or, you know, like, like the snowman himself, the, like these overly grotesque, whoa, whoa, overly whoa, whoa, whoa. bad Mr. Frosty. Thank you. I couldn't remember his name, but you have these overly grotesque looking characters, um, unique art style. It's meant to be filthy. It's meant to be gross. Why? Because if I were on this from the beginning, there was a hundred dollar backer limit where I could have designed a boss. Oh, my God. Would you actually pledge to do it for a hundred bucks for me to design a boss in the game that's going to be on the switch? Yeah, I would create the level down demon. <laughs> yeah, is this on switch? That's what in fungus means. Does it? In fungus game system I means this is going to be a this is going to be on Nintendo, probably switch or, or Game Boy. Oh, so 3DS. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that that meant Ninfungus. I, I, I didn't realize that. So I'm, I'm glad you said that because I, I didn't put that together. So I didn't realize Ninfungus meant Nintendo because I'm super smart. Nah, 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 nah. Um, but what's crazy is that you literally only have to pledge three dollars to get this game. Yeah, like three dollars will get you the game download and backer credit. I'm, I'm pledging to this, dude. It's literally $3. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's literally $3. Uh, and they're saying the estimated release date for this game will be October of this year. For $10, you could get everything, including soundtrack, wallpaper, and digital art book. It's still not a bad deal. Uh, 20 buck gets you, $20 gets you a sticker. $35 gets you a themed pin. $50 gets you a poster. $75 gets you to be able to create an original enemy. You can still do that. $75, you can create an enemy. Could do that. Yeah, because there are still seven spots left. Create Brian. You could. Dude. We could. Dude, you could make I me. Could. You could literally the long hair, bandana, like scarves hanging off your belt, like. Very effeminate. Yeah. And when he, and when, and when he dies, it's like glitter and. <laughs> Perfect. You should do it. I'm actually going to save this for later on because. 75 bucks is not a bad deal for that. Yeah. Take my money and run, Samuel Terensky. You should do it. You should do it. Yeah, you should. Uh, you should. You should design me, dude. That'd be great. Uh, but no, this definitely looks very much like 
um, it, it kind of resembles what A Link to the Past would have looked like on Game Boy. Uh, probably Earthbound. more, probably more so, Link's Awakening, and it, you could definitely tell it's inspired by Earthbound as well. Mm-hmm. So, it's just crazy that they're making this game literally with three thousand dollars, but uh, it, it's a very small team, and I, I, I think this is more a passion project than anything else. So, I don't know, dude. It, it's cool. So, it, it's really, really neat. And I, and I think this is cool. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to at least pledge the $3 to get a digital version of this game when it comes out. But yeah. Oro Genesis, a neo-funk RPG. Check it out on Kickstarter. This, this looks so cool. Yeah, check it out on Kickstarter. <laughs> it looks really neat. That's going to bring us to the close of the show this week. Unless you have anything else you wanted to discuss before we get on out of here. I think we've said it all, Brian. All right. Well, that's going to do it. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to Max Level, made possible by leveldowngames.com. And thanks again to Dance with the Dead for all the awesome music. Regardless of where you're enjoying this content, be sure to show your support by leaving a review or a comment, hitting that like button. And if you aren't already, subscribe on YouTube. Be sure to also follow us over at twitch.tv slash leveldowngames for all of our live streams and events, and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you want to follow us across social media. Check that description box below for the appropriate links. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach max level.